Hi, this is Auntie Vice from Fat Chicks on Top. If you like Fat Chicks and you are looking for other podcasts with great conversations, you might want to check out Chopping It Up with Ungayo, now on most streaming services. C.D. Bales had a small problem. They said it was big, but I didn't expect it to be big. <laughs> he could handle every situation. Except the one that mattered most. I'm out of my house. Come on inside, I'll get some tools. I don't have any clothes on. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I'm here once again with my two popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. Ooh, what up? You didn't say what up, Auntie Vice. I did. Do I need to be closer? I did. I said, what up? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, we... right on the mic now for the rest of the night, so you'll hear me in your ear all night long. (laughs) Even better. And once again, we brought back our returning fourth wheel and ongoing official real poet. I'd like to give you Danielle. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Welcome back. (laughs) She has once again... Graces with another one of our modern movies that were once plays. She did. If you haven't seen Danielle, you should go back and check out 10 Things I Hate About You, where she and Marvin were on a tizzy. They loved the movie so much. They were on one. It was and my childhood. What do you want? Right. From me? It hits it hits something different. You know? Yeah, that movie did my childhood well, unlike Mulan 2020. <laughs> And we're out the He's gate. Right out the gate and in the void. And also Thank check you Mulan 2020 for ruining my childhood. <laughs> and also check out what I married an I married an axe murderer with Michael Myers. She is on it. And we made history with that. But now we're gonna make history with this one. Since y'all were never born when this one was going on, I was around when this was up, and I know. Auntie Vice was around. I hope she saw the movie one that time. 1987 film Roxanne starring Steve Martin. Roxanne, you don't have to. Oh, wrong one. (laughs) Unfortunately, that that, that didn't come before. I think that was before this movie even came out. So Mm. it was a good moment. It could have used. Yeah, Synchronicity was released about five years before this. God damn it. Yes. So didn't get that. This movie stars Steve Martin, Daryl Hannah, Damon Waynes. Oh, my gosh. The slew of people on this list is ridiculous. Oh, we got here. Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall. If you don't know Shelly Duvall, you need to watch Popeye. And even Frank Willard and Michael J. Pollock. It has all these people. And the movie was directed by... um, Fred Sepetsy. If you know Fred Sepetsy, he has done several other movies in his life career. He has done Devil's Playground, Mr. Baseball, Six Degree of Separation, uh, IQ, Last Order, Evil, um, Evil Angel, 
Empire Fall, I run in it runs in the family and I have the storm. And words and pictures. He did the movie that we did. Words and pictures. Oh. This is a septi movie. Yes. Now, synopsis. This movie is a rendition of the modern day rendition of Edmund Rastan play of Cyrano de Bergerac. It has been readapted and screenplayed by Steve Martin. This one here stars Steve Martin as Charlie C.D. Bell, a fire chief in a small town where he is, intel- is intelligent, witty, cosmetic, um, chasm, casual, cosmetic, not charismatic. cosmetic. Charismatic, charismatic, yes, charismatic and athletic. Regardless of his sensitive about his abnormally large nose, which most of people don't talk about because they don't want to get the behinds kicked. (laughs) (laughs) He is very close with many of the the residents, including his god sister, Dixie, who owns several rental homes and and a diner. One of the rental homes that she has out is being occupied by Roxanne Kowalski, an astronomist PhD student who comes to search for, for a comet over the summer. He and many other people in town are drawn to her and adore, she adores him as a friend, but no physical attraction until Chris McConnell, Mc, Chris McConnell comes into town. He is a handsome but dim-witted fireman training the local unskilled ones. Roxanne asks CD if she would help her talk to Chris. And from there, start the shenanigans. Thoughts? Marvin? (laughs) You know what? I really dug this movie. Really? It was cheesy, it was cringy, it had all the 90s flair to it, and I fucking loved it. Okay. Auntie I Vice. Think, oh, so dark. Go ahead. No, I just think Steve Martin played this role spectacularly. And I think this was a very, in its own modern way uh, during the 90s, this was a very faithful adaptation of the Sir Burdick. Late 80s, sir. <laughs> lady because in 87 it came out in 87. oh whoops late 80s <laughs> that's still Terrence's 90s even better auntie vice it's a, it's a it's a very good adaptation of Cyrano I loved Cyrano when I was in high school and it is the only book I tried to read in the original French when I was taking French um and I think he did a pretty good job of of keeping true not only to the story but to the the language and the the poetry style. Uh, for example, when he has the um, show the one off in the bar, right? When the guy attacks him, and he says, "I'll give you 20. That's very true to what was in the original Cyrano. And I love Steve Martin. I think he's a great playwright. I think uh, L.A. Story was another brilliant one by him. He's got to be one of the smarter comics in the business. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I loved the fact that, you know, in the original Cyrano, they were soldiers, and he sets them up as 
uh, firefighters, which I think makes a great transition because even the firefighters I know make fun of each other for being dim-witted. So it was great to have Chris in that role and it makes him really stand out. I think uh, Daryl Hannah did a great job as Roxanne in this and is again pretty true to the the role of uh the original Cyrano so yeah I I think this is a very sweet film I think you did a great job in the adaptation and it's just it's fun Danielle well I have my notes with me but I really do agree (laughs) with the comments already mentioned um in addition I really liked uh, I think wit is the key word with this the wittiness Um, And the power and compellingness of wit (laughs) is is very much a theme. And I think Steve Martin, his his style really fit that. And it did a great job. Um, And um, I also like the sprinkling in of like some Shakespearean elements, references kind of really throughout. So it was not only, you know, doing a great job paying homage to the original uh, play, but also just kind of other contemporary work and classic, you know, English uh, language literature and things like that. So it was um, a really kind of cool way to put it into a different context. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. And it was kind of cool to see Daryl Hannah because I remember her from like Kill Bill. <laughs> it was like yeah. a totally different role. And I freaking loved her in that too. But just, you know, the, a really kind of a rom-com, but still had this that wit, that grit to her, even in this character. And I really liked that. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun watch. It's easy to watch. And, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, one of those classics. It's funny that Bravo. Oh, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, and Bravo to Sharon on the timing, because the weekend before I had just taught a whole session on how to use comedy, um, and humor to deal with disability. Mm. So this fit in perfectly with our theme for the week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, we could have used that to give to them those um mm-hmm. survivors um those survivors of yes. their of that disability. But it's funny. I also want to point out to Danielle. It's funny how you say you saw her and kill saw Daryl Hannah and Kill Bill because I remember Daryl Hannah when she first came out. Actually, it was BC and also and also Mermaids. That's where I remember Ash. Daryl. No, she wasn't in. Cher was in Mermaids. Daryl Hannah did Splash. Oh, Splash! Yeah, my fault. Splash with um Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, that was very cute. Yes, that was there. But but I remember she also. If I remember correctly, she also did BC, where she played a cave. I was like, she played a cave girl. And uh, no, it was um. It wasn't the cave bear. Kind of the cave bear. Kind of the cave bear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but I was going to say, I agree with Daniel there. I remember Darhano. Yes. From Kill Bill. You guys yeah. are so much younger than See, the original. I killed your master. See, and I'm going to kill you too. Killed your master. <laughs> That's exactly what. And the whistling that she does, I just immediately, when yeah, I saw exactly. her. Exactly. <laughs> well, the moment I saw her, I was like, oh, there's oh, an yeah. L from yeah. Kill Bill who got exactly. both her eyes taken out. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I knew was going to be one of those things we're going to add, though. So I was gonna say y'all haven't seen her for we haven't seen her for 15 years since Mermaids. Y'all didn't know. So when she came back, I was like, oh, there's there's Daryl Hannah. Remember back in Mermaids and Claire the Clavier. If you ever get a splash, chance, splash. Mermaids is a different film with Splash Cher. <laughs> with Cher and I think Bette Miller was in that one too. Uh no. Oh my god. Whatever. We gotta do, your 80s movie. Mm, we gotta do we gotta a work on that. Yeah, like we gotta work on that. For 80s Speaking movie. of which. <laughs> But you know, what I'll say, 
Was oh, that, go ahead, Mr. Ron. I was going to say, Claire the Cave Bear, she didn't talk to the whole no. dang movie. Oh. It's, it's, it's all done as cave people, so it's just I grunting. Oh, that's and hand signs. Grunting. That's hilarious. Okay. So, okay, I got to admire that. I got to admire that. So whenever you get a chance, if you really want to see something odd and see Daryl Hannah not speaking, there's something that you'll freak you out. <laughs> all right. But <laughs> Splash, if you ever get a chance to see that one too, it's very interesting here being a mermaid with Tom Hanks. Now, back to this. Mm-hmm. So, we know that the retelling of this, the retelling of Cyrano de Bergerac, there's one little, there's one little tidbit that I found out. Technically, um, Steve Martin is a, is a true fan of Cyrano de Bergerac, but he actually likes the 1950 film starring Jose Ferrer. Really? He didn't like the 1990s one? That's where I he got saw- his, that's where he got his his point to make a screenplay of Roxanne off huh. the Sarah No nineteen fifty film version to make this. Well, I mean, honestly, now that you mention it, I could see it because he does play the role with a certain amount of dignity and wit for this. Whereas like because I remember watching the nineteen ninety version one for <laughs> AP Lit. Yeah. And that one, that Cyrano was presented much more of a fiery hothead. But again, right. I I, I but again, you're right. 87, not 1990. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if that Roxanne maybe generated a little interest in the market, and then they're like, boom, Cyrano for real. Like, yeah, now that's a proper like, transition. That's a proper transition of how you do a movie and continue on from it. I'm looking at you, Mulan. Well, here's another thing that might trip you up. Technically, Cyrano was a dwarf. So the 1990s and even the, the new one with um. What's his name? Uh, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. Dinklage. Oh, okay, so see that explains a little bit more so, why Dinklage is now a Cyrano. Yes, because I was always wondering about that. Yes, yeah, actually, it's a funny part. He, the the actual movie, uh, the actual play, Cyrano was a dwarf, and the real Cyrano is a dwarf. So, so it wasn't just a big nose, or it was also no, a big not nose. only just a big nose, a, a dwarf. But if you look at the 1950 one of um, Jose Ferrer. He actually had a big nose, but he also had, he was also tall and he mm-hmm. kind of had a, a musketeer's type um, uh, attitude towards himself. That's where he well, took all his. You can um, see that, that influence in this. That, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because so, he definitely took on more of a swashbuckler's yes. persona. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's in the original Cyrano. Cyrano yes. is very swashbuckling in the mm-hmm. original. So. And of course, they have to start out with this sword fight with the golf clubs and tennis rackets. So <laughs> oh, you already on. know it's that was the good. best thing ever. That was absolutely <laughs> the best thing ever. And then the little puns. Oh, oh yeah. Kept, the tennis puns. Oh, come on. That was that was fun, <laughs> fucking fantastic. That it was like, lets you know what you're in for right away. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact that Dixie basically comes in and says, "What is on this tennis racket? Oh, blood. It's all good. <laughs> it's like blood." <laughs> What did you hit? <laughs> Anywho, um, this movie here um, was not only one of the accolades of winning awards. This movie here got several, including it did not get an Oscar though. It got a Golden Globe. It got a Golden Globe nomination for best performance by an actor in a motion picture, comedy and um, musical. Steve Martin. Uh, it had the ace, the 
LAFCA award. It won that. It tied with um, the Witches of Eastwick and also um, Iron Iron Mom Weed, Iron Weed. And then also he got the NSFC award, uh, Best Actor, Steve Martin. Uh, it got the WGA award for Best Screenplay. And it also, if you ever noticed the entire, the actual beginning of the play uh, from the original play, it actually has a, um, a certain style called, um, um, it's called Alexandrian form. It's a classical Alexandrian form. It Alexandrian form is uh, 12 syllables. It's almost like a sonnet, but it has 12, uh, but it has 12 syllables per line. So the entire play is actually done that, and it also has a, a uh, uh, what do they call it? But it lacks a c a c a e s u r a with a syria, casira, casira, yes, casira. I mean, it's like the middle part of the of the point. So, so. Technically, that's the poetic. That's a it's a poetic measure that's used in um French. So this like like sonnets and stuff. This one uses um a, a type of style in a sonnet form, but it's twelve syllables per line. Okay, something to think about because it's not in English; it's in French, right? So that, that's yes, French. French. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look that up. So, cool. so if you ever think about looking it up, look up from mm-hmm. um, Alexandrian um form. It's very interesting. Um, the play of flowing lines. Uh, this one here. Also, if you look at some of the information on it, what um what um Auntie Vice was talking about, it is called the twenty the twenty um nose insults speech. That's what the that's what it's actually called. His uh, speech he does is called the twenty nose insults. It basically mirrors from the speech from the play. So he basically um, so Steve Martin readapted it. To make it part of this of this thing here, so that's some that's something to look about. Uh, and any anything else you would like to talk about that? Because I got some new stuff for y'all. New stuff is good, but but yeah, I mean that twenty that twenty uh, jokes uh, scene in the bar, mm-hmm. and um, you know, of course, the Roxanne is is paying attention to what's going on and. It was just such a like um, defining moment in the okay. story. So that's really cool to know that, you know, that wasn't just for the movie. That was actually an uh, integral part of the original story too. Yes. And, and it's just, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> it was just really fun to watch. I will say this. I completely forgot that existed until rewatching Roxanne. That yeah. was like, Hey, right. That they did something similar to that in the 1990s version and then i remember in ap lib we did read some excerpts from the play itself mm-hmm. so like i do recall that and like i said i think this kind of illustrates a lot of that w- wit and charm that both steve martin had in this role and that Cyrano had despite being a hot hit i think he was willing to give a pass to whoever you if you're gonna make fun of me at least make a good witty line something that i haven't heard yeah and forever and i like that like and as someone who is short and people love to make those dumb short jokes <laughs> i can agree with what he does here come on i'm not short god had to handicap me to give all of you a running chance <laughs> it's my normal line so i completely get that scene and i can empathize with that and that's such a great little moment 
Yeah, and he sits by the kid getting bullied. If you remember, like on the rooftop, oh, yeah. there's a kid yeah. up there. He sits down with him. Hey, what's going on, man? You know, and he's commiserating with him because he was another person that was bullied. And mm. so it's very clear that that's such a driving factor in his um, desire to be so good at lots of different things, including being witty. And so I liked that. That was a way to show that like uh, commiseration kind of with the with the other person. I just think it's funny how Fred Willard was playing like a mayor. Right? The movie. Oh, the best. That's the best. And he mayor. basically bringing cows and he has somewhat of a Miami Vice. I think there was a Ferrari in the, on the front or something. And he had like a Miami Vice outfit on talking about the, um, was it Oktoberfest or something they had going yeah. on? And it's just like, what, what the heck is up with him? And yeah, he's also uh, a volunteer for the, for the fire department. So it's like, the mayor's a volunteer for the fire department too. Yes, he's a he's a he's the mayor and also a volunteer. Um, but the, it's no different. I mean, the only difference here. I mean, there are some similarities when with his character that I noticed because in the original play there was a specific commander or aristocrat in the play mm-hmm. who commander yeah. commander yeah. He was seen as an incompetent military leader, but he was always in the forefront of the story as trying to gain Roxanne's hand in marriage or affection or whatever have you. And I legitimately thought he was going to play that role, but he was just more comedic relief than anything else. Yeah, I I found out that the 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 play in the original play, Cyrano never got Roxanne, whereas on this he did. Yeah, that was a liberty they took because Cyrano either died from what some kind of accident or something. I forget Ooh. what it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that was a it was an interesting tell. Like, oh, okay, so that's how that thing. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of manipulate a few things just to make it sound like okay, yes, that's how it's gonna go. I'm talking well, about Titanic. And the, <laughs> and the, some liberties the must be taken. Sens- yeah, to current sensibilities. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's like we were watching um, Harlem on Amazon, and they do uh, Get Out the Musical. And <laughs> if you want something to pay your it. very, very soul, including a teacup in the sunken place number, like straight out of Beauty and the Beast teacup. Um, and they take the liberties there of redeeming the white girl at the end of it. Oh, gosh. I have to, I have to check that out. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's something I'm gonna have to check out too now. Great. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just just some of the music numbers. You're like, oh no, oh yes, they sing that. Yes, they do. Oh, they do it. <laughs> they do it so well. And when it talk, if you're talking about how people take liberties with plays, mm-hmm. like there, there's parody of you know, uh, get out the musical is as good as in uh when we did 30 year old version when they keep trying to get her to write like harriet tubman the musical and shirley chisholm the musical this is like that got manifested in a in a sitcom and god it's funny (laughs) so what'd you think about um the intellectual side of um roxanne i see i I looked at um I, i was talking to um Auntie Vice, and I was thinking that Roxanne was a, a, a saposexual, meaning she likes the mind. Sapio. Sapien? Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. Yes. You have to have a deep intellectual attraction before you have a physical attraction to someone. 
but she, I could absolutely you know? see that. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think that kind of got changed because remember, she liked she first liked Chris for the the look before she wanted to talk to him. She actually. Well, I mean, I think we're all deluding ourselves when we say <laughs> physicality doesn't matter. Oh yeah. I mean, that the first thing we notice is someone's physical features, but we all for one reason or another will make our mind make up our minds of someone for whatever reason or another. Some people it's one little tick that other person has for another person. It's literally because as you mentioned, their intelligence and for other people it's just you used a word that was extremely not okay. I'm not no but for in Roxanne's case, I think very much yes. In the original play, when Cyrano dies, he re- he reads or tells her something from one of the letters he wrote, and Ro- that's how Roxanne realized that it was Cyrano that she loved all this time, and not um, Christian, whatever cadet, Christian. Christian, yeah. Yes. The, the names were changed um, from the from the move from the actual play. Chris was um, Christian was changed to Chris. Cyrano became CD. Became they said C, they say CB, but it's because of Chris because his, his name is Charlie Bell. Mm-hmm. That's 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 um, Steve Martin's character. They call him CB, but it's because he's Charlie Bell. And technically, a serial of the Bergerac, but you know they don't. They're trying to be a little. little start a drinking it. game on that. <laughs> 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 and also, Roxanne, you know, the character of Roxanne, she she not only I, what what she, what was Roxanne before in the original play? What was she like a monarch's um, bride she or something? She was an aristocrat. Yeah, she was, yeah. Okay, because they did point out about. Um, she, she did talk about astronomy and moon and stuff in the play as much as they did on this one. So it was like interesting how they put those together. But the, the um, actual town, who knows what the town was called? I can't even pay attention. In the movie or in the original? In the movie. In the movie. Oh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. It was called Nelson. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Mm. I remember it was like a name, like a person's name, but I couldn't remember what it was. Nelson. Nelson, okay. Yes, it was called Nelson. And the funny part about that is, where do you think Nelson was? You think it was in United States or Canada? It was Canada, right? Does everyone agree? What? I, I, you... You froze on me. Do you, where do you think Nelson was located at? The it looks States? like the 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 northeast, somewhere in the northeast. So mm-hmm. it could be Lower Canada, East Coast, or uh, Northeast. You know, U.S. Okay. And what do you think, Danielle? I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was some Canadian references being made, but yeah, I couldn't tell if it meant just they were close to Canada or they're actually in Canada. Okay. So the answer is the movie located Nelson in the United States, but it was actually filmed in Nelson, Canada, in um, British Columbia. Oh, oh okay. Nailed it. They actually okay. had to change a few signs and stuff, and they actually changed the post office because the post office was navy blue, which is in the United States is blue, where in Canada is not. Right. So that was one thing they had to change in that. Um, 
I'm going to start doing some trivia for you. So let's get in some of this trivia, shall we? Now, Bravo, the, the, um, the group Bravo, has the 100 funniest movies um, listing. Where do you think this is on the list? Where do you think it is ranked on that 100 funniest movie listing? Okay, 100 funniest movies of like all time. Is that what yes. we're talking? Okay. Mm, interesting. So one is like the most funny and 100 is yes. the of rank. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Just pick a random number. I'm I'll, I'll 46. Okay. Yeah, 52. Okay. What about you? 30. 30? All right. It is 71. Wow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it beat out Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters. Really? It beat out Half Baked. It beat out. Uh, let's see. What else did it beat? Well, it, see, here's the thing. I can understand that. that. Having a cult following doesn't mean you're the best. Right. Depends on the what the criteria, I guess, because the wit and and the charm of it, you know, is pretty intense. So, what was number one on the list? Uh, number one on the list was National Lampoon's Animal House. Really? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's not See, even the best out of hmm. the lampoons. Well, here's here's the here's the top three. Okay. National Lampoon's Animal House, Caddyshack, and Shrek. Okay, the first the lo- Caddyshack and Shrek I can understand. Mm-hmm. Not Animal House. Nope. Not oh, Animal House. Yeah. I've watched Animal House and that was not as good as people say it is. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I think if I gave you all the top ten, y'all would be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was cool with two and three. Shrek and Caddyshack, I'm fine <laughs> with. Funny, if yeah. anything, they should be I I, I would have put Shrek on the top. Next one after that. Number four is something about Mary. South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. Absolutely. So this yes. was clearly done by by straight guys. Done by like cis white dudes. <laughs> yep. Airplanes yeah. number six. Ace mm. Ventura is number seven. Pet detective. Yep. Straight boy. You are not getting the straight frat boy. Any. Yep. This is straight up what they're drinking and watching in uh. <laughs> They're, they're frat houses. Yeah, I'm not impressed. Wedding Singer, number mm-hmm. eight. Oh, anything with Adam Sandler is definitely a white, straight white dude in a frat house ch- trying to chug some like Budweiser and going like, and Howard Bush right. sponsor me on their Blazing Saddles, number nine. And the fucking course. Author. Um, author is the next one right. with, um, what's his Dudley name? Moore. Dudley Moore. Those are the top ten. Nope, that is straight frat boys who went to school in the 1970s. The only one yeah. that I can... No, 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 South Park, Shrek, and Caddyshack I can get along with. Mm. But in terms of really funny movies, I wouldn't put those in the most of them in the top 100. I mean, how do you not even have Talladega Nights on there? That was, if you're going for like straight boy drinking movies, they don't but, even have a Talladega Nights. I have that's no the respect top 10. for this list. But it's the top ten. Those are the top. 10. I have no respect for this list. Mm-hmm. The movie, the movie that beat out Anchorman. That beat, come on now, Anchorman. I said Anchorman is one hundred. It's on one hundred. It's the one hundred last box of emotions. <laughs> oh come on, one hundred. No way. The movie that beat out, um, that beat out Roxanne, is the Blues Brothers, the original Blues Brothers. No, 
No. These are these are frat boys from the 70s. I'm bored with y'all. Move on. <laughs> it beat out Moon um Roxanne beat out Moonstruck. That was 72. I love Moonstruck. <laughs> I knew that was gonna I happen. Love that movie so <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. That's why I put it out there. I was like, I'm gonna keep this. It's gonna be this. <laughs> Do they have a single film by a black director on the list? Ooh. Yeah, well, by a black director, uh I did not see one. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, Mm-mm. but notice, but yeah, but you're right. No, Auntie Vice is right. Notice how all these movies are from like the SNL cast alumni. Yep. So, I mean, well, and a very specific time period for SNL cast. The, I mean, the Incredibles. The Incredibles on here. I mean, it's a lot of lot of eighties, seventies. You know, yeah. So the Farley to the Sandler days. Yes. I didn't. I did not see Talladega Nights yet. To that whole list, and I'm sorry, surprised myself. I was like, really? Tell you that's not on it? Nope, it's not on this list. I don't yeah. claim to have the best movie taste, but if Talladega Nights isn't on your top 100 funny list, I got no respect for you. <laughs> Spinal Tap got 65. I do like Spinal Tap, I oh, love Spinal tap. tap all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Spinal Tap is a good, it is a good one. It beat out this movie, so I'm saying so. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Take it with a grain of salt. It's also kind of hard to like take advice from any white dude who is going to tell me that their movie is better. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) And then I have to live with the fact that my culture got beat up by another culture who cannot Uh, even take like a single bit of spice. Ouch. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's the truth. I have to sit with that fact. It's fact. Interesting. What do you, Sharon? I do. I do. Uh, so this movie, um, Steve Martin had to basically sit for um, nose makeup. How long do you think it took him to put that nose makeup on? Ooh, um, Two and a half hours? Three hours. I'll say four hours. 90 minutes oh. every okay. day. I not mean, that, I that's not bad as, I mean, not as bad as Iron Man. They took him freaking, I think it took five hours to put all that freaking armor on him just to walk around with. So, wow. so <laughs> for um, the woman who played Mystique in the first X-Men, mm-hmm. they put in like, yeah, f- four to five hours as well. Oh because it was just like we had to like paint her body blue and put in the little scaly things. It, it, it was a oh, nightmare. Yeah. I know. Um. Uh, was uh, that Rihanna? No, uh, Washington. Uh, the woman that plays in um, that plays Gamora. I'm not Gamora. Uh, in Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, um, Zoe. Uh, Zoe. Yeah, Zoe. No, it's not Zoe. That's not Zoe. Is that Zoe? Uh, so no, that's not. Zoe. That's Zoe. So tall. basically, it takes her four hours in the chair. She's in the chair for four hours okay. um, to get get the get the Gamora face going and stuff. So it's it's interesting. Like more green, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get all green. Get her all green. So yes, so yes. Ninety minutes it takes minutes? Steve Martin. Okay. Ninety minutes, and he said, and his biggest quote is, "God, how I hate this thing." <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it could have been too comfortable to wear that. I mean, I don't know, but it just seems like yeah, it probably would have been pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> I still want to know how I did the whole trick. I mean, I, I think they used like maybe a suck, uh, a hose thing, but when he did the whole nose trick, he stuck his nose into the, the drink and sucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little disappointed they didn't keep going on with that gag. Really? I, I actually am. Why? 
it just was a stupid, stupid, stupid funny gag for me. (laughs) I can see that being a thing. All right. Now, says we normally would go into something else. We are going into Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment, where we rate the movie that we are reviewed and put our numbers in with the snaps that we have given. If this movie is three snaps, this is fabulous, fantastic, malefical. It is as better as 1950s version. If it's two snaps, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. If this is one snap, this movie is as dumb as Chris when he basically drove off with that girl and left Roxanne to... Yeah. We do it in quarter snap emotions. I tell everyone right now, close your eyes and give count to three and pull up your number. Uno, two, three. Open up. All right. Is that the half? That's a half. Right? That's a half. Yes. So what was it? Oh, I got I got two and a half here, two and a half, two and a half. Oh, two and a half. Oh, all two and a half all together. What? <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. We this is this is unanimous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Why? Okay. So I'm normally I will ask why y'all gave what it gave, but I'm gonna ask why did it not get that other half? Danielle, why did it not get that mm-hmm. other half to make it a three that three snaps? Yeah, no, I mean that's a fair question. And I mean, obviously it has a lot of strengths, like we talked about. It's very witty, it's very funny, and it's you know, but it's a, it's a still of its time. I think it held up well, but there's mm-hmm. still certain things about it that you know, of course, are just gonna feel like uh the time period that it came out in. And you know, um, you know, that I, I think for me it's just uh not timeless enough to really reach a three for me, but still very funny, um, very enjoyable movie. Marvin. Honestly, I think that its biggest strength is also its biggest hindrance. Hmm. It's comedy. <laughs> I, I no, and I think it did well. I think it did absolutely well overall. But if you're asking me why it wasn't perfect, it's sometimes it leaned a little too hard into that comedy, and then that kind of takes takes out my suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. especially for a subject matter that's always been about tragedy, always been a romanticized version of whatever it was meant to be. It was the French version of Romeo and Juliet, except mm-hmm. in this case, Juliet never knew who she really loved. And then you're going to tell me the hunky eight dude in the eighties doesn't know how to talk to a woman. Bitch, get out of here. I know plenty of guys <laughs> who think they're like hot shit who look, who think they look good, who will terribly flirt with someone with no shame. I'm not saying they can talk or flirt well, but they're shameless if they think they're remotely attractive. Mm-hmm. Auntie Vice. I'm with Marvin on this, and I'm guilty of the same thing the Academy Awards are. It's really hard for me to give three stars to something that doesn't have a little more depth and drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, well, the filming and, you know, cinematography was good. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, so a little, you know, it's just those kind of little things that differentiate between an absolutely brilliant movie and one that's a lot of fun is well done at its core but you know just not quite there to reach to reach the heights how about you i get so 
I felt the same way as a few y'all feel. Uh, it being a comedy satire, I don't know if it had a tragedy would have made it, would have gave me an extra point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Because just like Bicentennial Man with on Robin Williams, he had funny and also had tragedy. So he kind of blended it together. And you can go, okay, I can, see, I can understand why that movie wasn't a full-on comedy. It was, you know, it was it had a balance in the ebb and flow. This one had a, had a um, comedy that was going so well, but then it had, it had to come to the point where everything had to fall apart. And then it's like, okay, we're going back into what the seriousness of this movie is. And also the fact that he, he got the girl at the end, which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty glad that they made this point where the end, whereas in the, the actual play, he actually died before he got the girl. So I, I'm, I give a, so altogether, 2.5 all around. That is a accounting. Hmm? I said, come on, accountant. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> I was giving suspense Damn. here. That's my whole suspense of like Mulan. <laughs> Taking it, man. 10 out of 12 snaps. This movie is awesome. If you want to go check it out, please go check it out yourself. Um, Robert Ebert, while he's alive, he gave it three and a half stars out of four. So if he three likes it, we like it. You might like it. So go check it out. And if all you millennials out there who haven't seen Daryl Hannah before Kill Bill, <laughs> this may be something you'll be interested in. She actually had she actually has more stuff than just one movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't even whistle that right now. Try. <laughs> anywho. <laughs> anywho, we all we all gave it 10 out of 10 snaps out 10 out of 12 snaps. Everyone else, go check us out. Come share, subscribe, comment. If you have a thought that why this movie's good or bad, why don't you put it in the comments or tell us why you think is what it is. But you also can check us out on all social media. Marvin, will you give me your social media handle? Sure thing. You can find me on the gram at StarvinMarvin09. Auntie Vice. You can find me on most social media at Auntie Vice. You can find my website at AuntieVice.com and check out my podcast, Fat Chicks on Top. This May, we are doing Erotic Performer Month. Currently, Rain DeGray, world-famous porn star is on there. And next week will be Shay Tizano. Danielle? I have nothing to follow. That That is awesome. But uh, <laughs> my social media is DivaMetz, D-I-V-A-M-E-T-Z. Come check it out. And you can check me out on on I am Big Zine, that is I A M B I C Z I N E. And if you don't know, May is bike month. And if you can't get on a bike, it's masturbation month. So technically, that nose was getting some action. Yes. I know nobody's going to watch this because they don't, I'm doing hand gestures and this is all audio. Why don't we just record this on YouTube as well? We have, I have the, we have the technology. We have the technology. Because it would require me to put on makeup on a Sunday night. <laughs> I will Fair kill all Because I'm lazy. I will kill Fair all enough. that. <laughs> but, you know what you should do? That smooth jazz that they play in this movie to open it and close it. You gotta, you gotta like do an intro outro with that smooth jazz. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Give have it you, the whole late 80s. Have you heard my music? <laughs> I have a my intro itself is jazzy. <laughs> this, is, 
this this has the saxophone. Oh it my god, any sax grunge killed the saxophone. I am convinced <laughs> there was some kid in jazz band thinking they were going to be the next great rock saxophonist and it was like 1989 and then boom grunge hit and crushed all of their dreams did just stop it don't you dare say anything bad on grunge yeah that was my no, no but grunge oh, killed exactly. rock saxophone we have yes. not heard rock saxophone since grunge that yes. is true that is true like grunge was my shit and it's okay grunge you're cool just kill whatever you need to kill only time I heard saxophone come back in the 2000s was on a Katy Perry song, and that was with Kenny G. <laughs> Remember, you should see what song that is. <laughs> and Kenny G was doing it. Ain't that a trip? I mean, okay, okay. Realistically, if we're going to go this route, <laughs> some ska bands have been putting the saxophone on there. They most, but, but, not, they, I'm but they do it more of a brass section. They're talking rock saxophone. Yes. They're, in the 80s, it was all, you would have that intense sax solo in so many of the rock and roll hits. That's and true, Top we Gun. Just, Highway we, to the Danger Zone with... Mm-hmm. During the on, mm-hmm. Did I have a sax? Well, now I got to think about that. Yeah, they had a little sax that they played. I mean, I know... Half of Dire Straits songs. Hall Notes, mm-hmm. Men at mm-hmm. Work... Um, all so much sex, so much, sex. so much sex. Even in movies, there was a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was saxing it up. A lot of a lot of the cop movies, sex moments. Oh okay. my god! Yeah, there's always. I'm just saying, if grunge didn't come along, we'd still have freaking bands like goddamn Guns and Roses. What's wrong with Guns and Roses? I thought Welcome to Jungle was a bomb. It was but a very weird hair metal scene. I'm just saying, and nothing but like really, really weird pro-nationalist white people listen to Guns N' Roses and super awkward and weird. (laughs) But technically, eh, we'll talk later about that. Anyway, (laughs) we... Sounds like I have thoughts. I'm just saying, Axl Rose is a weird dude, okay? He is. Oh my god, we were... (laughs) Okay, wrap it up and then... I'll wrap it up. (laughs) That's right, Sharon, wrap it up. Yes. Yes. Gotta wrap it Please up. say wrap it up. Uh, wrap it up because we're gonna have a lot of sacks. <laughs> All right, everyone. But like we said before, check out more of our episodes and stuff. If Danielle comes back with another one, we will bring her back. If you want us to get Danielle to say, "Hey, Danielle, be on the show," we yes. let us know. Share, subscribe, and follow, and then put it in. Say, "Danielle needs to be on the show because she's a bomb." I, I also stay care. prepared with my notes. Don't oh, she forget. got notes. She got notes. <laughs> I have notes, but I, I ain't gonna show my notes. I don't bust like out a paper like a freaking like my freaking <laughs> teacher and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I got my notes. Anywho, we are out of here. Check us later and enjoy May. If anything else. Masturbation month, y'all. Masturbation. <laughs> on, top of, on top of AAPI. On a bike. See that action. All my fellow AAPIs, just remember. Oh, and also, yes. Month and remember yes. to master it. is Asian American. 2020. And Pacific Islander month. Remember that. So if you see an Asian person or a white, don't call them a Hawaiian. You'll get your ass kicked. Really? Me, y'all. <laughs> but seriously, celebrate API by not watching Turning Red or Mulan 2020. Why not? Because Turning Red had an Asian mother say sorry to her Asian daughter, and I cannot imagine a more unrealistic thing in my life. Are you? F- I've got to watch that. 
Disney is now hyping that stuff up. That is also, also I do I also do not respect a company that wants to play the brownie points for you know n- now we'll do representation. Now we'll do representation. No fuck you. You had your chance with Milan 2020 and you fucked it up. I'm gonna cut all that out, you know. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Anyway, take care everyone. Peace and wait till the next episode of Real Poetry. <laughs>